Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you! More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all, with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1013. Today we are proud to present episode 3 in Simon's interrogation of the phenomenon and practice and art of unreliable narration. Simon says, Can you push an unreliable narrator too far and just break people's immersion? I have a feeling you can, but... Do you have any advice on spotting where you are skirting close to the wind? Hmm. I don't, right off the top of my head, because my unreliable, my most unreliable narrator is probably Suave Rob. And he's unreliable in some unusual ways, but when I do an unreliable narrator, my trick is that I just get really deep into the character. It's a kind of method acting. And so, as so a writer... You, so you worry less about what actually happened than what happened from the perspective of the character. Or what the character wants the audience to think happened. Okay. And as long as I'm doing that, I figure I'm okay. Now, I don't read these things. I write them. So Kitty can tell you more about how well I pull that off. But, um... My feeling as a writer is if the character can sell it to himself, if the narrator can sell the story to himself, he can sell it to the audience. That's a that's a good perspective, because uh, if if we're talking about a consciously unreliable narrator rather than someone who is telling tall tales or delusional, you're talking about a, a person who is lying either to themselves or to the audience. This would be a Humbert Humbert character. Right. And what what you want to preserve is the sense that the story tracks for that character um, as best you can. Yeah, you either want them telling the truth as they see it, or you want them lying in such a way to manipulate the audience yes. in a certain direction. Yes. You don't want to just call it unreliable narrator if nothing makes sense and right. It, it, <laughs> it's just it, an incoherent narrator. Yeah, that's that's an incoherent. You don't want it to cover up a failure of storytelling with unreliable narrator. Either either the narrator is lying to themselves, or lying to the audience, or they're confused. And yeah, okay, that, those are the three kinds. And if they're lying to the audience, they're doing it for a reason. Yes, and that reason could be noble. At least from the character's perspective. Um, let's take, um, well, there was uh, Tertullian, the church father, right, who called himself proudly a liar for Christ. 
who advocated this the practice of pious fraud because if a lie brings people to the truth faith then it's not a sin. Huh. This, political activist then. Yeah, political activist. And this has yeah, this has a really grand tradition among political activists and political thinkers and the kinds of mythologies and fable structures that grow up to support and indoctrinate in certain worldviews to see, teach certain moral lessons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes in a variety of sorts of cynicism. So the old saw about Washington chopping down a cherry tree and then admitting to it by saying, I can't tell a lie, mm-hmm. completely fabricated. The person who made it up knew he was making it up, but he presented it as truth. Because what he was doing was trying to lionize Washington's character, and there were good reasons to do that that didn't just have to do with propaganda. He was trying to lionize Washington's character and create a paradigm for children to follow as good citizens. They, they were to be honest and forthright and courageous. Mm-hmm. And to put those qualities onto a child version of... George Washington, since children who were learning about George Washington would not be able to understand, for example, what it meant for Washington to first refuse to be king and then refuse to run for a third term. There's a noble kind of motivation there for that lie. Then there are ignoble motivations for an unreliable narrator to lie to the audience. There's uh, self-exculpation, like with Humbert Humbert and Lolita. Mm -hmm. There's self-deception, again, like Humbert Humbert and Lolita. And then then there's a mix, where you get the ignoble and the noble mixed together, and that can be really fun. And that's what I do with the Suave Rob books. Because Rob really wants to make himself look cool. Being cool is his thing. Because being cool is his thing. But Rob is cool, and... He feels that it is his duty to look cool in such a way that other people will think that maybe they can be cool too. And so he exaggerates his own accomplishments and his own um, successes and his own failures to make it all more dramatic so that people will be inspired to go out and be awesome. So he both wants to make himself look really awesome and, in doing so, get other people to go and be awesome. He's kind of cool that way. So that's a mix of the noble and the ignoble. Right. And those can be a lot of fun. And, of course, with Tall Tales, there's there's a couple other motivations that are in there. First, you know, when you're telling a tall tale, the point of a tall tale is to amuse and delight, not necessarily to communicate factual history. Second, most tall tales have a sort of fable element to them. Mm -hmm. It's a lionization of a particular virtue in a very fun way. Um, With Paul Bunyan, it was uh, tenacity and courage in the face of a hopeless challenge. You know, Paul Bunyan goes up against the uh, inventor of the chainsaw to prove the metal and merit of the American lumberjack with the axe swinging his way through the forest, felling the trees to build civilization. And this little, uh, this little turd with this steam-powered chainsaw comes through and totally beats him, but just barely beats this giant man with an ox. And this guy's got a chainsaw and a tractor, and he can do the work of a giant man and an ox. And so it's a fable about the end of the 
labor, the labor lumberjack and the birth of the industrial lumberjack. And so it's tragedy, but it's courage in the face of tragedy, and it's nobility in the face of tragedy, and it's fighting to the end, and it's being beaten in an honest game. And it's a, it's a folktale about, um, about strength and persistence and character, and about accepting defeat. So, you know, people don't tell the tall tale of Paul Bunyan in order to communicate history. I don't even know if there was a real Paul Bunyan, because I've not been curious enough to find out. But if there was, I'm very sure that he, he didn't... He was not a giant. He, he was not, not a, giant. a giant. He ox. didn't have a giant blue ox. And that he didn't single-handedly clear a forest almost as well as a guy with a chainsaw and a tractor. So, whatever historical Paul Bunyan there may have been is utterly incidental to the tall tale. Right. So those are some of the motives that your unreliable narrator can have. And your unreliable narrator, having a clear motive in your head, will help you guide the story in such a way that it will have internal coherence and verisimilitude no matter how obviously exaggerated it is. Thank you very much for the question. Tomorrow we'll finish up the series. See you then. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.